0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and com. It's Friday, 2nd of February, 2018. This is your Sprott Money News Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us today, as usual, is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning.
0: Hey, Craig, good morning. Lots of uh, very interesting things, and uh, I think uh, precious metals, bullish things going on, so lots to chat
1: about. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, and, and again, before we get started, just to remind all of our American listeners this time that they can actually buy gold and silver for their IRA at Sprott Money. Sprott Money has teamed up with New Direction to help assist you in purchasing and storing precious metals in your self-directed IRA. It's easy, but of course your deadline to contribute is April 15th. So you got to call 888-861-0775 for more details or just check it all out at SprottMoney.com. Eric, I want to start this morning. We are recording this just a little bit before 9 o'clock Eastern. The U.S. Jobs Report came out about 20 minutes ago. And as we were discussing things and getting caught up before the show, you mentioned something that has been overlooked thus far in the reporting of the jobs number, and it might be significant. I'll let you take it from there.
0: Sure. Well, I was trying to find out the hours worked. I'd heard verbally, you know, that it was down, but I I couldn't find the number. We have only had a few minutes before this number was announced in this phone call. Um, But we have determined that it fell by uh, two-tenths of an hour, and uh, two tenths of an hour costs you point six percent a year in wages. So yes, the wages went up by point three. The hours worked went down by six percent. Uh, sorry, point six percent. So net, net, the worker is not better off in January this year.
1: Actually, bringing home less money. I read that. I just so, saw that on Zero Hedge that the average weekly earning actually fell by about two dollars and thirty cents. <laughs> be interesting to see as we go through the day if that gets noticed by the algos that seem to run everything
0: well unfortunately there's a lot of knee jerk reaction in the market to all sorts of things and I'm sitting here watching you know the, the 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 most dramatic thing that happened of course is the yields okay they just shot up and it'll be interesting to see whether the bond market finally figures out you know this is not really that strong a report as as, as first expected and then of course, the dollar rallied and gold gets pummeled because they want to pummel gold anyway. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if by the end of the day, uh, you know, stocks aren't really as bad as as the pre-opening here, down about 200 points, which I suspect, you know, the the people behind the the curtain will make sure it's not that bad. Uh, But that the dollar's uh, rally will fade here and that the gold price will will levitate back up a little. We'll wait and see, but... uh, A lot of people try to make very quick decisions on this without all the information. all the information is it was not a bullish jobs report.
1: Yeah. Eric, you and I since, let's just say last year, have been talking about the falling dollar and the idea that eventually money managers around the world would begin repositioning assets out of overvalued sectors into undervalued sectors such as commodities. Well, you already mentioned the bond market is selling off as rates are spiking. Stock market now is coming down. Bitcoin has just gotten the heck kicked out of it. Uh, Maybe some of those uh, funds will begin to flow our way.
0: Well, that's why I suggested at the outset here that we have some um, substantial waves of change happening here. And one, of course, is the bond market. And I might even point out in the bond market, I listened to some of the commentary on uh, the financial channels here, and the people keep saying, well, you know, the the data wouldn't cause yields to go up that high. And they're right, the data wouldn't. The the problem is it's got nothing to do with the data now. It has to do with the fact that the guy in the bond market knows that the Fed's not coming to the rescue anymore. So it, it doesn't matter what the data is. We all know that if the Fed's going to be selling bonds, if China's going to sell bonds, if Japan's going to sell bonds, who's going to buy the bonds? So where could rates go? It's going to have nothing to do with you know how many jobs were created this month, or or, or what the inflation rate necessarily is that month. Although well, they, they, they'll have some soft effect, but I think the big effect is you have the dynamic of uh, the bond markets totally changed. That the central banks are not going to continue to buy bonds. In fact, may become sellers of bonds. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. It's not going to play out well in the stock market in the interim. We can see that now that the market's starting to weaken off. And, of course, then the big question is, well, does, do the central banks stick with their program? And that, of course, is the real big question. Do they say, well, maybe we'll just put a pause on this, this bond selling here and we'll wait for things to uh, to smooth themselves out. So, uh, But that's where we are. And, and as you mentioned, we have the whole cryptocurrency thing falling apart. I find it very interesting that Nuriel Ner- Rubini was on uh, Bloomberg this morning, and they said, well, how much further do you think it has to go? And he said, well, about 99%. <laughs> and, of course, this is after it's already fallen by 60 And that kind of fall in the short time tells me that it's kind of over. Not that I ever – I was never a believer in it. I mean, yes, there's blockchain, but, you know, a thousand different cryptocurrencies – Okay, I, I give up on that. I just, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I think coming out of this, one of the more interesting things, there's a number of vehicles coming along where you can use blockchain and it's backed by gold, and I think people will flock to that. If they really like the blockchain and want to get out of the way from the banking system and governments, I think they will do that. So I think all these things are very strong. They're powerful changes in markets, which could create a, a much, much bigger interest in not only precious metals, but as you say, other hard assets.
1: Yeah. And one last thing about the bond market, Eric, because I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, it was just back in September that the 10-year U.S. uh, uh, note was yielding 2.02%. This morning it's 283. And that's a move of 40%. And it would seem, you know, I've read stories about, you know, guys taking treasuries and putting them up as collateral and, you know, margining in them and getting, you know, nine times, you know, their purchasing power. If you're using treasuries as collateral, Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: at some point, that could be rather detrimental, couldn't it? You get some margin calls. Well, and for sure.
0: For sure. Well, and not just the margin calls, but the fact that, you know, when, when interest rates go up by 75 beeps, Mortgage rates go up by 75 yeah. beeps. I mean, 75 beeps can tip a housing market right over. And maybe it's just starting, right? Who's to say that rates won't go up, you know, 200 beeps this year Yeah. if there's no buyer of last resort? And yeah. that's the big change that happens. It's the buyer of last resort where all of a sudden that guy's not there. And in some cases, he's he's become a seller, theoretically. The U.S. government is uh, treasuries, theoretically a seller of bonds or the Fed. I mean, there's some guys who have written articles saying they're not really sellers. But anyway, they say they're going to be sellers. But the fact that they're not there with that bid in the market can cause things to change very rapidly. And, of course, the whole then the economic unraveling starts. And it's, it's, one, an economic thing, but as you're pointing out, it's also a collateral thing where all of a sudden some guy's got a bunch of collateral up that's losing value rapidly, and he's got to do something. About it, and whether it's you know sell the stock position that he was margining with, uh, with treasuries, it, it just makes people have to do things. It's, it's almost like watching the cryptocurrencies. I don't know whether they ever had any borrowing against them, but you know you can't take a 60 percent decline in um, in about eight weeks and not have a lot of people having to do something different yeah so and and of course the same is true of the bond market here right we're in a bear most guys in the in the bond business admit we're in a bear market that's the first thing well where does that take you yeah and and of course all of that leads back to where are you safest right are you safe in stocks bonds cryptocurrencies gold whatever and as you you and i've discussed many times we happen to believe that the precious metals are the safest place to have your money invested
1: Yep. Yep, and about the only undervalued sector out there. Uh, all right, Eric, in our time remaining, let's just have a little fun today uh, because yeah. you and I and and countless other good, decent people out there have been maligned for years as being uh, tinfoil hat wearing, you know, loons that, uh, you know, we're too stupid to understand how the markets actually work. Thus, we rely on this crutch that they're manipulated. Well, heck, Eric, how about this? Uh, earlier this week, the even the CFTC finally came out and said, it actually declared uh, in, in charging and getting fines out of uh, HSBC, UBS, and Deutsche Bank, they actually declared them it? as precious metals manipulators. Uh, right. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. Well, it's interesting.
0: We've waited a long time for this, and I... I particularly think about the, the uh, boys with GATA, the Gold Antitrust Association, who who started this theme back in 2000 and earlier, if not 1999, late 1999. And of course, I have been a believer in it and, and a big supporter of GATA, for that matter. And all the data seemed to be there. And then you have this decision this week. And I think that one of the most interesting things about it, Craig, is is the data goes back to 2008. They were doing this since 2008, yeah. that's a decade ago. Yeah. So anybody who said these markets look kind of funny here in the last decade was not smoking dope. Okay? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Did, they did look ridiculous. Yeah. And you can, see it, you can see it all the time, this spoofing that goes on. I, I also find it interesting that there's no U.S. banks – Involved in this. And I said, why would there be no U.S. banks? I just don't get it. You're yeah. trying to tell me that only European bankers do this, and everybody must know about spoofing, and anybody in the financial industry knows about spoofing, and they must use it all the time, uh, illegally, of course. Uh, But I just wonder if there's some, you know, if it's just too big to fail, uh, too big to bail, uh, we're not going to charge U.S. banks because we don't want to go there. Uh, But I suspect that it wasn't just the European banks that were involved.
1: Let me me ask you this, Eric, to that point. You know, I almost got the sense that the CFTC did the minimum because it was almost two years ago that Deutsche Bank settled in that civil lawsuit. And it was then – it was all entered into the public record, all these chat rooms and emails and stuff. And it was the same – Banks that were implicated through that hard evidence that are on this from the CFTC. So it was almost as if the CFTC said, okay, we got to do something, for God's sake. And so that's as far as they went, was just those same three. I mean, could that be an explanation?
0: Uh, possibly. Uh, but there might, you know, there might be this get-out-of-jail-free card yeah. kicking around that you and I don't know about, right? That yeah. we don't want to start taking down our, our U.S. banks here. And by the way, I mean, I find the fines ridiculously minimal. Right. I mean, ridiculously minimal. You're telling me that that guy did that for 10 years, and in the case of uh, HSBC, we're going to find you 1.6 million dollars. Yeah. You've got to be kidding. That's 160 grand a year. <laughs> you know? Right. How much did these guys make on this thing? So I, I think there's something that's keeping them from uh, going away from the U.S. banks, and you know, maybe it has something to do with the whole. Um, great financial crisis and the deal that the, the the treasury and or the fed had with the banks that you don't have to mark to market you don't have to do this you don't have to do that we know the most important thing for national security is that the banks are strong whether you're crooked or not it doesn't matter yeah you got to be perceived as strong in the public uh, domain so but but i i would think that something is going to come out of this i mean if we ever get, have any civil trials you know criminal cases where people are demanding money we'll get a lot more information that's of what has transpired all this time but i find it very interesting that you know the naysayers the guys who said there's no way there's any uh manipulation going on you know for you and me and many others i'd like those guys to reflect on all of that okay and realize how stupid they were yeah that they couldn't see what was right in front of them so anyway Thank yeah. You stupid
1: guys. Yeah. Thank you, stupid guys. I, I don't. I don't imagine any apologies are forthcoming uh, to the character assassination that they've laid out there for all these years. But that's okay. You know, in the yeah. end, it doesn't matter. They've been exposed for what they are, which is either they're just the stupid ones or they're apologists for the system. Um, okay. One. One last thing, though, Eric. I want to ask you because I, I had this discussion back at that uh, the same discussion with Andrew McGuire. Back when that first lawsuit came out and was settled against Deutsche Bank, whatever it is now, eighteen months ago, and he said, "Don't." It's not so much the fines, you know, and the size of them. What we're doing here is we're kind of giving them death by a thousand cuts, in that the margins in bullion banking are now so slim.
0: thinking what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the the margins in bullion banking are so slim and supplies oh, okay. are so yeah. tight, and the risks yeah. are so great to be in this business yeah. now that banks are going to yeah. get out of that business, and eventually it's going to break that system.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you see that now. I mean, you know, Goldman's mm-hmm. complaining about their commodities business, but Bank of Nova wants to get out of the metals business. And I, it, it probably is that there are risks that the the bank actually can't control, right? Because you got some Yahoo on your trading desk who's talking to another Yahoo at another bank, and next thing you know, they're working together, Yeah. and the bank doesn't know it. But it's the bank who's going to pay the fine here and have its reputation damaged. Not that they got a lot of room and reputation left anymore, but (laughs) uh, that's probably what they fear. And uh, yes, uh, to Andrew's thought, you know, that the more and more they sort of clamp down and start looking for this stuff, yes, the, the more difficult it is to have the banks take advantage of their customers, which is what they do all the time—they just right. take advantage of their customers. So, you right. know, they've, they've lost so many cases and paid so many fines, and in every instance, they're taking advantage of their customer, which is kind of an awful state of affairs. Yeah, we're actually talking about it. So,
1: well, and, and and that they eventually look at it as you know, hey, this just isn't worth it, and uh, and the whole system begins to fracture and fray. So, you know, if anything, maybe that's the direction yeah. it's headed
0: let's hope so we need to uh, we'd love to have totally transparent markets here it's yeah. a whole different system for us you know because yeah. we, we always feel like idiots uh because we know what should happen but it never happens it's sort of coming our way in the last few years here and of course it was great for the first 11 years of the uh the gold bull market but uh ever since they started qe i think they've been after the gold price and uh, They've done a good job, and maybe the fact that QE's ending, maybe we can see gold do what it what normally should have done right. and get new highs
1: here. Right. Well, it's. I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years, that's for sure. My friend, always interesting to visit with you. Uh, one last thing, who do, you, who do you have winning the Super Bowl this weekend?
0: <laughs> I'm no expert on that. I always hope for the underdog. You know, I'm a believer in gold. Why do I like gold? I like the underdog. I, I'm going to hope for Philadelphia.
1: Fair enough. How about you? Fair enough. Uh, I'm going with Tom Brady until proven otherwise. So uh, we'll settle up next Friday. I don't know what we're going to wager, but man. we'll come up with something. All right, okay. Eric, thank you. Happy Super
0: you, Bowl weekend you to Take you. care, Greg. Okay, you too.
1: Bye. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.